Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Her name is Brittany Ray. She is a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful, post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. She likes badass milfs and long naps. She's on Twitter at at Britannia, where she can be found attempting journalism and talking about her cat. Welcome to the second installment of our Season 1 Spoilers sections. This is a series in four parts. If you've listened to all of our podcasts in their entirety, you're not missing anything by skipping this series. These are all things you've heard before. You can re-listen for the fun of it if you want, though. I'm not the boss of you. The purpose of this series is for those people who may not be caught up who've been skipping the spoilers sections. We've compiled them here for your convenience so you don't have to go searching for them. You're welcome. Please be warned that from here on out, the whole series is fair game. Let's get started. This is the spoiler section for episode 109, Solitary, featuring Sarah again. I was legit like, oh shit, Sarah, don't do their outro with them. This is your podcast in town. No, I love it. We made we made such an in Louisa Dolivero. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, that's true. I'm we in did. rarefied company. All right, should we talk? Like, and Joe, spoilers? we made Joe do it. Yeah, jo- Joe did it with us too. <laughs> Here's where we would do our hold music, but I want to retire that. All right. So I'm not sure what we should do. I feel like we should probably just be like, here is the part where we're giving you time to leave. I feel like you need a song like spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. I don't know. All right, Robert, well, that's it song. now. That's oh it. Oh, my God. But we have to insert it into every single one, and it's just that one clip of it's Sarah. just going to be Sarah? Oh, God. Please don't. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. We did it. Cool. So, welcome to the spoiler section. Is anyone, be- like, just dying to say something? Yes. See you in another life, brother. <laughs> okay, see. As always. I am obsessed obsessed with the way this episode like spoils everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like okay, that was why I picked the quote because the only way off this place literally is with everybody else's help. They're there to yeah, learn yeah. and to grow and to become the kind of people who can move on. So I'm watching this episode and I'm just like losing my mind laughing because once you've seen it Everything everyone says. I mean, even when Rousseau's talking about they were sick, like, I like the way that the sickness, it keeps being presented through, like, the various inoculations that are spoken about as if it's, like, an actual sickness or, like, a literal virus when instead it's the island either makes you who you are going to be or it destroys you. I mean, the island as a crucible is fantastic and I love it. And I love that this episode is just like so just balls out spoilery. But until you know what's going on, it's just a lot of mumbo jumbo. The whole thing is just an, a literal metaphor. Oh my god, right? What I always thought that the sickness was, was just like exactly what happened to Richard and Abaterno, which is like, MIB got to you first and told you to do some stuff. Oh no, that's what I mean is I think the oh, sickness is literally that. like, it's a moral sickness. The oh, island yes, either, yeah. it, it's, it's a crucible. It corrupts you. It either melts you down and turns you into the purest form of yourself, into the 
the, the, the final product or you're just melted away and you're destroyed. And I love that the whispers are actually the destroyed people. Like we even see yeah. what happens to the yeah. people who can't let the island make them better. Ugh, I love this show. God, it's so Catholic. <laughs> like, I don't think you guys understand it's how so Catholic, Catholic this show is. It's so Catholic. The only numbers that I could really find in this episode, and, you know, I'm just not as crazy about finding the numbers as Jess was last episode, which was not I didn't even so look cool. for the numbers. Um, she was really good at it. It was basically just, it's been 16 years, which is something that we were talking about before. So, did you guys find any other numbers? I really wasn't no. paying attention to those. Honestly, like, no, I'm... No, I was not either. I'm one of those lost people who, who has a lot of thoughts about, like, oh, I have a Maya Angelou quote up here that I forgot earlier about Hurley, like... Surviving is important. Thriving is elegant. So I, uh, I'm more into like I'm not paying attention to where the numbers are. To be quite frank, if anyone else caught some numbers, <laughs> Jess, go ahead and Please. tweet us or email us, and we'll put it in uh, in next episode, and we'll be like, oh, yeah. we missed this one. But some of the other spoilers that I saw was Saeed sees the metal cable, mm-hmm. and that. Mystery isn't actually solved until the end of season three. Yeah. Uh, it ends up being oh, that's connected right. to the looking glass. Oh, but we don't talk about the looking glass. <laughs> yeah, just because it's really sad. Yeah, let's let's not. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> then we have uh, some thoughts on Sullivan. So I was just on Sullivan's uh, Lostpedia page, mm-hmm. and some really interesting stuff on here is that his name is on, on the lighthouse wheel slash on the cave wall as a potential candidate. Oh, cool. It is? Apparently, yeah. And uh, and the number, like, you know how everyone has a number, yeah. right? Like, that's the whole yeah. thing. Uh, he, he's number one. <laughs> oh, my God. So, can you imagine Jacob, like, making, that's sitting there with, like, fun. the pen in his mouth, making his list and being like, that guy's my first choice. Oh! On spoilers, I was gonna say, I like... Our second indication that the island just breaks crap. Because we already know that the black box wasn't working on the plane. And that for some reason Mm -hmm. they were flying in the wrong direction. And now we know that this group that was just outside of uh, Tahiti, she said, right? Not Fiji? I'm forgetting. It's one of the two. I thought it was Fiji. Is it Fiji? Okay, I couldn't remember which one. Fiji, I don't know. Fiji is the Oceanic Flight A-15 Rousseau uh, says they were out of feed or Tahiti. Okay. Sorry. Okay, I thought it was Tahiti. Okay, good. And but we get the indication that their boat's navigation system went entirely haywire, and something kind of dragged them towards the island. So I really like that we get the indication early on that there's a literal magnetic something going on here that just breaks crap. Yeah. And the island is kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so Ethan? Ethan! Oh Ethan! my goodness! Iconic, beautiful, pure, innocent. Yeah, oh, does Ethan. nothing wrong at all. My poor Unproblematic fave. Yeah. My favorite thing about Ethan is that he, and maybe he doesn't actually like hold this record, but he just does in my head, is he's the one who just keeps coming back. <laughs> like he's the one you just see over and over and over again all over the place. No, he really after is. After he's already died. He really is. I don't know if he, he, like, gets the award for that, if he holds that record, but I always think of it like that. It's gotta be him or, like, Jack's dad. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're right. Yeah. By the way, I just want to say, while we're talking about yeah. Lost and I mentioned Catholicism, Christian Shepherd 
I'm sorry for naming on this show. <laughs> His name is literally Jesus Jesus. <laughs> and then Jack Shepard is essentially, like, it's another one because it's, the shepherd is, an, is essentially saying Christ if you're looking at, you know, Christian mythology. So if his name is Jack Shepard, Jack Christ, J.C., he's a oh, martyr figure, no. and they literally named him Jesus. Oh, my God. I love this show. Like, I love the naming, but my favorite will always be Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus <laughs> Jr. <laughs> Jesus. I never thought about that. That's I just, so I hate funny. this I mean, so much. Christian Shepherd. <laughs> I cannot believe at any point I was like, yeah, Lost isn't about religion. But dumbass. Oh, God. Jesus, Jesus. I love Jesus, But what's Jesus. nice is that it's so, so religious, but also, like, as a person who's not religious at all, it's like, you can still enjoy it because oh, yeah. it's also about so many other things. It's also, and some like, of it just goes right over your just head. Just speaking <laughs> as a Catholic, it's, it's less about the Catholic religion than the experience of being a Catholic, which yeah. the Catholic now this is something I can speak on with a little authority. We're obsessed with guilt. Like guilt is so much of the Catholic perspective. Jesus died for your sins. He put himself on that cross for you. You're gonna stare at him on that cross. Like so there's definitely this feeling of like redemption, atonement, sin is so if you took away the smoke monsters and you took away, you know, the trappings of the mystery in the island, you essentially have a catechism lesson, which is that we all need each other in the community of God and we cannot become better without atoning for the things we have done before and doing good works in the future. Like, it's so Catholic, you guys. That's super went over my head the first time I watched that <laughs> slash every other time. It's good though because it's not, I mean speaking as somebody who does appreciate Catholic themes just because they're what I know and what I often write. Yeah. I don't like it when they get super explicit because if I wanted to read one of those romance novels about Jesus, I would go read a romance novel about Jesus. <laughs> Wait, what? The Others is a thing. Alex, yeah. we know that Alex is a she and that I she's love Alex. Thing, she exists and she's wonderful. Um, and she deserved better. We know she that did. Nadia isn't actually dead, and we know that the reason why he's even flying from Australia to LA is to go and see her. Yep. We know Which that is... Michael is an artist, and he drew a lot while Walt was, like, a baby and stuff, and used to send him cards and stuff. And it was, like, his dream, too. Hurley says rich idiots when Hurley is really rich. <laughs> Hurley is the rich idiot. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Rousseau is talking about their instruments malfunctioning, and we know that that's a thing that happens uh, near the island. She talks about the Black Rock. We know the Black Rock is a big ship thing. Um, Awesome. What's weird is that um, she's talking about the others, and she says, I hear them, but she doesn't see them, apparently, although I know that she did, because we have a flashback. We have a flashback of Ben and Ethan coming to take Alex from her. Did she see them when they took Alex, yes. though? Okay, yes. so that might be retcon. But it would, what yeah. it could also be is she saw them that one time. And, and then, then all again. she's right. ever heard is yeah. whispers since. So she assumes Saeed is with them. And then they're just right. kind of... Actually, you know what? That makes sense. Because if she's not talking about Alex, like she refuses to say anything but Alex was my child. And that's at the very end. 
Uh she would have to conceal that she had ever seen them because then she would have to be like, yeah, I saw them while they were taking my baby, who is Alex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Actually, I don't think that's a retcon. I think that she's lying now that I think about it that way. I can't believe she's never set her eyes on the beautiful face of Juliet. That's so sad. Right? I'm trying to think if she ever actually does. I think that's like a huge loss. Dude, does her is wait 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 hold up did did was Juliet at the uh, at the radio tower? Oh, at the end of season three. Super can't remember. Cannot remember. Okay, well if she was, then so was Rousseau. So we're okay. all good. Okay, I, that's where right. I'm at now. So I'll I will update you with this information once Thank I hit that episode. Thank you so much. That's all I got. That's all I got too. Before, all right. Should we do That's our outro, and we'll actually have made the time that we meant to make. Let's do it. I'm so proud of us. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. This was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome. I have the best time with the two of you. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Next time we'll see you is for one of your very, very, very favorite episodes, the other 40, 48, I think. 48 yes, days. the other forty-eight <gasps> days. Such a good one. I'm so ready. Yes. I'm here with my Anna Lucia Defender Squad. It's going to happen. Oh, hell yeah. I want to join. Are we getting jackets? Yes. Yes. I cool. am literally yes. so excited to maybe like Anna Lucia this time. I yes. still have not liked Anna, Anna Lucia yet. I, so please help I me. will hardcore defend her. Like, I am like pike levels of Anna Lucia Defense Perfect. Squad. So. Kay. Like, I want to. I really want to. So I, I would love for I you to talk to me you about this. why I should. Like I will I'm pitch ready. you it because there is a perfect there is a pitch needed. The show sometimes awesome. doesn't do great by her. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y. Pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. Sarah, you want to remind us what your Twitter is? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Oscar Mike, which is O S C A R M I K E D. No space, no underscores. Yay! We did it! Uh, you can follow we at the Aficionados. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow at the Aficionados <laughs> on Twitter, Robin, no, we did. Facebook, and Tumblr if you want to talk to us. And you can email us at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts that you'd like us to address on the pod. All right. And also, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. So if you have anything to spare, we would love that. But we'll love you. Give anyway. them so money. Helpful. Please help us. For Give the them love money. God, help us. Money, please. <laughs> okay, love All you, right, bye. Right. Bye. Okay, love you, bye. See you in another life, brother. See you in another life, brother. Can I play? This is the spoiler section for episode 110, Raised by Another, featuring Robin's sister, Callie. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. All right, now we insert Sarah being like, time for spoilers or whatever she said (laughs) she's gonna regret this for the rest (laughs) of her life (laughs) all right welcome to the spoiler segment is anyone dying to say anything oh my god ben linus is an (laughs) asshole (laughs) you can bleep that out but like literally like all i can think about is him sending ethan off to like do all of these goodwin go do some stuff I'll get you some lists. <laughs> Here's the thing that I think is weird about that, actually, is that, like, Goodwin got an actual list, I think, and yeah, what, Ethan's list was Claire? Ethan's list was literally find the pregnant girl. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, I guess because, like, maybe the Tailies were a lot more scrappy. Yeah. So. Plus, he wanted to punish Goodwin more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're right. True. Yep.
So it's like, keep him away for as long as possible from Juliet. I'm like, what did Ethan do? <laughs> he's just a good runner. That's exactly right. Like, well, it's not because he's smart, apparently. <laughs> but then again, I just remembered that Ethan is totally like a doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't really spare those. You must have been a shit doctor. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so I'm going to talk about numbers. Claire says that she's six weeks late on her period. Hey, Brittany, how many days is six weeks? Girl, I don't know. Girl, that's six times seven. 42? Uh-huh. That's a lot. That's a number. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, oh, why is she asking me this? <laughs> I wanted to talk about Boone's shirt. So uh, this is kind of, <laughs> these are stretching it. But Lostpedia says, Chinese figure on Boone's shirt means the number 84, which is a reference to yin and yang. 84 is the first two of the numbers in reverse order. And 84 is the sum of 42, 23, 15, and 4. Wow. I'm like, someone so that. figured that out. You you did that, didn't you? Yeah. Wait, no, that wasn't me. It's Lostpedia. <laughs> Somebody else did that. I can but you know confirm. that if, like, given enough time, you would do that, too. Yeah, probably. The other number, I think I had one. Oh, I have two more number things. So mm-hmm. the other one is that um, Claire says that he's been bothering her for the last four months. Okay. Did you see what his house number was? No, I didn't. Uh, I wonder if that's one. Hang on. I wonder if it even shows. I'm closing my BuzzFeed quiz, which was, are you more Christine or Elijah? So. Okay. <laughs> um, I f- I'm not sure if they show us any angles of his house. Uh, I'm looking. And so, if like, they did, I probably would have seen it on this article. But. Well, you don't know. Okay. Should I continue? Yeah. Uh, okay, so passing the numbers, we have the black and white eye thing with Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, that's references Obviously. to yep. Jacob and, and all that stuff. Now I want to talk a little bit about Claire's mother. Claire's mother we learn in season three, par Avion. Avian? Avion? I don't know. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that she and Claire were in a car accident and her mother is currently in a coma. Oh my god. Okay. So she says, my mother would disown me. And he says, she basically has already. And you're like, um, what kind of jerk is this? I don't even, like, know how to respond to that. <laughs> um, and then later like, when she's at the, at the psychic, um, they say, oh, she hasn't told her mom yet. Um, and like, we, well, get no that scene. we get the scene of her telling her mom, and it's fantastic, and Emily is great in it. Yeah. I think I, all I remember from it is, I'm sorry, mom. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't mean to turn you into a beer. Did you just say beer? A beer. Okay. I didn't mean to turn you into a beer. Another thing is that she says it's something her mom would do, so we just keep bringing up her mom. Um, he says daddy issues, so we also know that she didn't really know her father, which I think is strange when she says, my dad used to sing it to me. Like, who did she learn that from her mom? I don't know, but either way, her dad is the same dad as Jack's dad. I'm guessing that it's something that her mom told her. Yeah. We have Ethan. So Ethan's name is Ethan Rom, and we have some things about this just because Ethan was born Ethan uh, Goodspeed. And so there's been loads of theories about why Ethan would go by Rom and how when Juliet is back in time and they tell her, oh, we're naming our baby Ethan and she's so freaked out, is that Ethan must be going by Rom during the 
like while he's with the others as well. This isn't like told, like we don't actually really know why this is, but when I was checking on the theories page for this, it was like probably when he moved to the others, he didn't want to be associated with the leader of the of the Dharma Initiative, who he was leaving behind, is kind of what we thought. Okay, okay. Also, so he just made up the last name Rom. So yeah. um, there's like a secret headcanon in the fandom that's like, he he probably made that up so that it did say other man because he would think that was funny. <laughs> oh my God, but he would though. Yeah. Every time that you say Rom, I just think CD-ROM. I know, right? <laughs> that's all I'm thinking. Um, another thing that's weird is that he goes, you can't, like, no one else can raise this kid. It's the goodness of you must be with the kid or whatever. But Kate ends up raising him and nothing terrible happens. Yeah, the kid's fine. (laughs) Is the thing that happens that's terrible is that she goes nuts on the island, do you think? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Or, like, he sees, like, what the kid's future could be, but then the island changes it? I don't know. See, this is why I'm also confused because we learn in the episode, the other episode that Richard Malkin is in with Echo, that Richard Malkin's a fake. Yeah, he's full of it. He's not actually a a, a thing, so I'm, I'm not sure why he keeps, like, I, I'm on the Richard Malkin theories page right now, um, mm-hmm. and that's, like, just let me do a disclaimer that this is not canon. This is just yeah. users of Lostpedia guessing why this is happening. It says that he actually has the gift of foresight to some degree, like Eloise Hawking, and only saw glimpses that the baby is a cause for a lot of pain Claire will experience. His daughter Charlotte was near death, slash actually died when Jacob saved her in exchange for Claire getting on flight A-15 and dissuading Mr. Echo from investigating her death. Claire most likely raised Aaron with her mother and Kate following the events of the finale, just like he wanted. But there's also a theory that says he actually was a psychic and dissuaded Mr. Echo from pursuing the miracle investigation into his daughter's resurrection to ensure that Echo boarded the plane. Yeah, I think that one makes more sense. Thereby making sure Echo would be there to help raise and even possibly baptize the baby. Yeah, because, like, literally, what other motivation would he have for, like, everything he did to Claire if he wasn't actually psychic? Yeah, and there's, there's like, a whole, whole bunch of, of these really great theories that I recommend people go check out, but those were just the first two that I read. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's that. Also, how did he know that Claire was pregnant and that exactly Thomas exactly. broke up with her? Like, how would he know? Unless, like, Claire's dad had something to do with all of this. But how would Christian know? Exactly. And why would Christian care? Yeah, true. I don't know. Charlie says he can kick drugs, but he kind of just, ha- he hasn't really. Yeah, he's, like, right in the middle of it. I have a question, though. Do you think that the fact that those pens were not working for her was the work of Jacob? Oh. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes now I do. See, my, my, my thought about that, though, is that he knows that Claire won't be able to be a candidate because she's a mother already. And that was one of his, like, deal breakers. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just a coincidence. <laughs> but I feel like it was probably Jacob. I'm, I'm going to question Jacob's motivations probably for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> Probably, yeah. Like, but, no bombs? All right. Even even if it was Jacob's work, and even though she's not a candidate, I'm sure she has she still plays an important ro- role on the island. Yeah, that's so true. So she had to be on that yeah, crash. She, she had to be there regardless. Yeah, true. And then the last thing I have written is President Hurley. I, what, what did you mean by that, Callie? I don't even remember. That... President Hurley meaning that he was a great leader. Oh. And then after when... Right. 
Jacob kind of... He ends up being the new... He, the he leader of up, the island. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Leader of the island. He has his own, like, unique way of leading that is so different from everyone else that, like, I think the island needed that. Yeah. Yeah. The island couldn't take another Ben or another Jacob. No. Now he has his own built-in manifest. <laughs> now he just oh my, knows. He just oh knows. Oh my god. Okay. Is, is Does anybody have any other thoughts? I don't. Um, I thought, thinking about how, um... Can I say the name of the baby? We're here? in the spoiler section, man. Yeah, we're in okay, the spoiler section. Cool. Anything. You um, I was thinking how Aaron can't be raised by another person, or can only be raised by Claire, or how you were saying raised by an other. Yeah, made me think of Alex. Mm. How she was. Oh yeah. Raised by. Right, another. and then at the end of this season, Rousseau like tr- kind of tries to steal Aaron to switch for Alex. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, Callie, thank you so much for being on this episode. You're welcome. Thanks, Callie. I loved having two Jeffreys around. <laughs> um, uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me at Callie Ann Jeffrey, C-A-L-L-I-E. You tried to say it as fast as I did. I can't spell her own <laughs> Shut up. Go. And you can follow me at Callie Ann Jeffrey. That's C A L L I E N Jeffrey, J E F F R E Y, pretty much everywhere. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, but we mostly just post on Twitter. Twitter. I really hate us sometimes. <clears throat> Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. If you can donate, we would love you, but we'll love you regardless anyway. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Today, I swallowed a bug. This is the spoiler section for episode 111, All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues, featuring Hypables' Selena Wilkin. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. It's like we do the outro and then we wait and then we're like, okay, now everyone just breathe and we can talk about spoilers. Yes. (laughs) So welcome to the spoiler section. Selena, why don't you start with a list of characters that you also love that, like some of your favorite characters that we haven't seen yet. Oh, okay. Um, mm, God, everyone. Like, I Ben Linus is yes, obviously yep. like fantastic. I love Ben Linus, and I. You know what is funny about Juliet? Because I feel like she's also one that everyone loves. And like when I when she was first introduced in season three, I hated her so. I didn't much. like her what? either. I didn't I like her. Hated either. her because what? she was so condescending. You know, like in that in season three, in the first part of season three, which is generally kind of shady and hard for me um (laughs) like when when she's like with jack and he's in that cage and he's like again with the questions what am i doing here why have you trapped me why what is happening and she's like "Mm, jack here's some food just stay calm and i'm like how dare you woman like this you know you have you're keeping a man in prison he deserves to know why so that like really frustrated me but then as soon as 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 jack got out and as soon as we began to learn more about her i just i fell mm-hmm. in love with her obviously and and i like loved her by the end but that you know when she's first introduced i feel like they do her such a disservice because they let her be this like manipulative like sort of condescending 
person and i like, yeah and we totally, totally realize that it's that ben size. by the end yeah exactly exactly yeah so um but no i love her and i really liked alex and it's very no. traumatic for me and i feel like you know sun and sun and jin weren't in this episode at all but like i obviously no. love them they're like my favorites and um yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. forgetting all the characters. Who else? Where oh, Miles. I love Miles. Des? De- oh, my God. <laughs> well, I was like, I she's going like to remember. Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like, like she'll get it. <laughs> like, in a way, this was his first episode, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess it was, yeah. <laughs> um, so he doesn't count. But yeah, no, obviously Desmond. Oh, my God. Like, I love him. So now that we're in the spoiler section, we're just going to go over the numbers that we found in this episode real quick. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up, because I'm just like staring at my notes from the previous episode, is that Claire's offered $12,000 to like get her a baby adopted. And 12000 is 4000 plus 8000 Oh, wow. Eh? <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, either way. That was a reach, my friend. <laughs> I know. Jack says it's like 4 o'clock. And he says it's 425. So 4 is a mm. number. Kate says that she spent eight hours hunting deer with her dad. Walt blows on the dice four times before rolling. Do you, like, some of this stuff is like, you never know what's actually planned and what's not. Yeah. Like, did the script well, say yeah, blow here's four the times? Big one. Yeah. The big one is that Jack's, like, punches Charlie's chest 23 times before, like, a, uh, originally giving up. What? And then he punches it nine more times. It's like eight more times, and then mm. plus one is the one that works. <laughs> All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you could say, oh, he punched him eight times, uh, or like eight punches didn't work, <laughs> you know? And then the last one did, just to, to make it extra numbery. That's a reach, Your Honor. I know. <laughs> now I'm going to move into some of the other points that I've got here that aren't numbers. Locke says he didn't want something to happen to the only trained physician on the island when actually there are three trained physicians on the island. Who wants to guess them? Or name them. Wait, Dead. one's Juliet. Yeah, one's Jack. Ethan? Yeah. Wait, Yay. what? <laughs> Ethan was? He's a yeah, doctor. Ethan's a doctor. Guys, remember how I said I forgot everything about this show? This is one of those <laughs> moments. <laughs> I'm like proud that I remember that, to be honest. Damn. Walt is talking to Sawyer and saying maybe there are lots of others on the island. Is this mm. Locke being special and just knowing? I mean, Walt. <laughs> No. <laughs> I was like, what's going on in her brain right now? Well, we never really know, though, because they never fully answer the question of Walt, so I don't yeah. really know. That's the thing that drives me the most nuts about this show. Nothing yeah. else does it's except Walt. for what the hell was Walt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one I have is Star Trek. So let me just read you this fabulous thing in Lostpedia about the Star Trek thing. Boone describes the origins and fates of the red shirts who traveled with Captain Kirk and Spock to Locke. Locke states that Captain Kirk is a poor captain. Ironically, Locke's poor self-centered leadership is to blame for Boone's death later this season and the deaths of at least three others seen in the shape of things to come. In the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, the Pegasus, Terry O'Quinn, plays a Starfleet admiral who, as a captain, suffered mutiny due to his poor leadership skills. Yes, he does. (laughs) And he looks like a, like, it's weird because he looks like an old man baby in that episode, too. Yeah. Because I don't know if Terry O'Quinn ever looked like... I think he went from, like, child to, like, 40-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> Kate is talking about how her dad was in the army, but we know that that's not... That wasn't actually her father. Uh, she just grew up with him thinking that he was her father. Yeah, we see him in a Saeed episode. Uh, because we of army. 
she should have gone, oh, my other dad, like Walt. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> That'd be funny. That would have been awesome. Walt talking about Brian, who comes up in an episode called Special that's coming up. Hurley saying, you'll get it, because we know that Hurley's actually super rich. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like my favorite Hurley twist is like, oh, yeah, he's actually like super, super, super wealthy because he won the mm-hmm. lottery. Yeah. That's the best Hurley thing. I know. I was going to say about Walt, too, that that his luck as well is an interesting thing because we know, obviously, Hurley's big trauma is his his luck slash unluck. So the fact Mm -hmm. that they're talking about how lucky Walt is must be somewhere inside of him, like, stirring up some things. And, like, is the luck Walt being special, too? Like, we just still don't know. Mm -hmm. And, like, was Walt, maybe, was Walt only special because the island, like, gave him... That specialness? He was special beforehand. Like, yeah, Brian wants to thing. give Walt away to Michael because he's like, that kid freaks me out. Mm-hmm. But I, it kind of makes me wonder if, like, the island always had, like, a little bit of oh, a pull I see. on Walt. Right, because Walt ends up, like, helping run the island with Hurley and Ben. Exactly. Yeah. I have two more points. Myself, at least. Um, the first one is... If there's anyone on this island that your brother's safe with, it's Locke. <laughs> and uh yikes <laughs> sorry about it the big question that i had though was desmond ends up telling charlie that he's gonna have to die he's gonna keep saving him and he's gonna you know eventually it's gonna catch up with him do you think this is the first time that the island tries to kill charlie yeah it, it's such a good question though because then what brings him back because i think that the island brings charlie back here you yeah. know, like, okay. I think that this is the island either rewarding Jack for not giving up or bringing Charlie back because it's not Charlie's time yet. Yeah, they're like, oh, we thought, but then we, nah, we'll take it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, the island is still kind of sussing out, like, everyone and, you know, trying to figure out, like, who's useful and who's not useful. And I think at this point, Charlie has already kind of survived a couple of, of different things that should have killed him. And I think that this is really yeah. is the island. But it either, you know, it could also have nothing to do with Charlie at all because you know that Jack is one of the people that yeah. is being sussed out and he needs this win right now. Mm-hmm. And bringing Charlie back is is giving Jack maybe a little bit of that faith that he doesn't have a lot of to begin with. Yeah, what would that do to Jack if Charlie had died? Exactly, yeah. exactly. He he needed Charlie to live, and so Charlie lived. So it's a little bit of magic thinking on Jack's part. Which is like, it, it kind of plays in like the whole, the island sort of basically determines how you live and die. Yeah. Which yeah. is a terrifying thought. Completely, yeah. But that's like part of the reason why it's such a terrible place and why it's such a, a, a horror, a, like, you know, playground in a way. <laughs> yeah. And I think I it's, it's really that. interesting. <laughs> oh, a horror playground. With Ben <laughs> yeah. Linus on it, absolutely, yes. I yeah. mean... <laughs> the cages, guys, the cages. Those are all my points. Anybody else got anything to say? What were we talking about that we had a big revelation about? <gasps> um, One sec. I know that I put something in here. I... Oh, we were talking about Ethan and how he was fighting with Jack... And why did I have to say this? Oh, because, like, okay, so the Ethan that was fighting with Jack, was that the man in black? No. Mm. I mean, but oh. He- Could have been. Oh, you're saying, right, because we thought it might be, like, a... a like a vision. A vision. Yeah. yeah. 
Right. Oh my gosh. And I had a huge thing about this and I don't remember what it was. What else were we talking about? Um, we were talking about how, like, it wasn't quite real. How Kate didn't see it. Ethan was born, was, was born on the island. Ethan. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to name all the things I know about Ethan now. Ethan's <laughs> a doctor. Ethan. <sighs> keeps coming back. Ethan. Born on the island too. Amy and Horace. Good speed. Rom. Crap. Man, I had a big thing. Do you guys remember me being like, oh my God, I have something to say. And I don't remember what it was. I was thinking about Ben at the time. Ben. <laughs> well, it, it is just about what who is is being used by the island and who has the ability to use the island for their own purposes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I um, think that's what that what's going to happen is I'm going to edit this episode and then be like, <laughs> you're gonna oh, be like, <laughs> so I will edit put yourself it- in saying it and then we'll be like, oh, my God, you're so right. You're a genius. I think that <laughs> since we'll all be here next week, I will edit it and then I will write down specifically what I'm thinking and I will put it in the spoiler section next episode okay. and we can okay. talk Sounds about good. it. Because I'm sure I'll remember as soon as I, as soon as like one person says one thing and then I'll go, ooh, I have something to say. Mm-hmm. So. In general, though, I do think that there is something, there's a really interesting dynamic or dichotomy here going like who are the key players and who is the island using to, you know, to manipulate others. Like the island is obviously manipulating them in mm-hmm. a way just like Christian Shepherd was manipulating Jack. This mm-hmm. is a big manipulation of Jack. And if you see this as a Jack-centric episode also on the island, then I think everything that happens with Ethan and with Charlie is part of the island positioning Jack in a certain way. And it's obviously it's leading Jack one way and it's leading Locke the other way because Locke has another purpose. And so I think that's really, really interesting and, and sort of speaks to the fact that the island needed Jack to believe and used Charlie maybe as a pawn to that end and and Kate is interesting because she doesn't she's an independent agent like you said as well on her own so she's able to exist outside of this manipulation and 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 try to assert her own opinion which is really interesting mm-hmm. ah I love this yeah the thing that okay I have two questions is okay. one can Jacob take different forms or is that just the men in black I wonder if maybe he could but chooses not to um but also the man in black wasn't able to until he went into the light of the island and came out the other side as the smoke monster so i'm also kind of leaning towards no okay Mm -hmm. um and then my second thing is given like the way the island manipulates like charlie's life and death like does the Mm -hmm. island have any kind of like precognition of like what perhaps could happen if it slotted the right chess pieces into place because to me it kind of reads like Charlie's destiny was always to die but Desmond had to watch Charlie die. Mhm. So right. like Desmond has or like Charlie has to stay alive long enough to sacrifice himself and in order for Desmond to watch him die. For yeah. Desmond's storyline. Yeah, for yeah, Desmond that also like, Charlie could feels be. like a pawn. Yeah, Char- Charlie is either a pawn in 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 Jack's story or in Desmond's story. But either way, he's a pawn, which is so sad. See, I've never actually thought about the island as the actual island. I've always thought about the island as just being Jacob. Uh So I'm, I'm. It's really hard for me though because I've really thought about it like that. I feel like as well, and this is when like the the question of sort of the overall like how much we let the final, yeah, like, (laughs) like solutions color how we view these early episodes because i think 
when you accept that sort of it was all like basically a play between Jacob and the man in black like that simplifies a lot of things that I think at this point yeah. when they were making up the story were meant to be much larger and I think for me mm-hmm. it's always been really difficult to let go of the idea of the island as a as a sentient entity because that's always been what I imagined that it was mm-hmm. I think to a certain extent like that's what I'll always believe yeah, exactly. Same. Yeah. And I think it, like I think the right. I think Javi, if we ever had a chance to ask him, he w- might say the same thing that when he was writing it and when they were breaking this in the writers' room, that was what they were sort of thinking at the time. Yeah, because it does take some of the magic away when you find out that it's just like I think just, dudes, but yeah, yeah, it's a war between <laughs> two dudes, and you're like, well, that's not nearly as interesting as like yeah. an island that has like precognition and has like all of these yeah. crazy fates for people because. As much as Jacob is, like, a godlike figure, I feel like he couldn't do all of this. No, because it's going in and manipulating their specific needs and, like, it's giving and it's taking away and it's sort of, like, like, again, with Locke, it's giving him these wins, but it's also manipulating him in a certain direction to give him a certain path. And it's using Boone as a, as a, as a uh, piece in, 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 in his puzzle, right? And with Jack, it's also manipulating him and feeding him and making him see what he needs to see and making him, guiding him and, and, and giving him that win in, in re- reviving Charlie. Because Charlie was dead. Like, there yeah. was, this was ridiculous. Like, I'm not saying that he couldn't have brought him back by pounding on his chest, but he was dead. Like, yeah. that it was gone. It was over. And then he came back because of some magical faith-affirming force that the island was trying to impose on Jack and or Charlie had another purpose to play. But definitely there was something going on there that the island was involved with. And, like, Jacob... Makeup, I don't care. Like, that's... I don't need... That's... I I don't even want to factor that in here, you know? (laughs) Because it just seems so incongruous. Wait, so... Back... Back in the day, when this was airing for the first time, and season six was airing did you have like an overall unifying theory of like what the island was or what the answers were that's a good question i'm trying to remember i think so i think that there was a part of me that believed that all of the people that were on the island that there was some kind of like time loop going on that all of the people's ultimate destinies fed into what had to happen so it was kind of like a a self-fulfilling prophecy because obviously there were a lot of, of theories at the time believing that Jack and Kate would be the Adam and Eve mm-hmm. skeletons that they found in the that. cave. Yeah. I really subscribed to that because I thought that I mean, obviously it fit my shipper goggles, but it only made a lot of <laughs> sense. It was also brilliant. <laughs> yeah, right. It was so brilliant. And so I think that with that in mind and having that idea that, that the, the smoke monster could project images from these people's past, like I did have a sort of general thought that all of the people that had lived and died on the island were feeding into the island soul or like force or whatever it was. And it was using that to push them in the direction that they needed to go to end up in the place that they needed to be. And to, in order to repeat the same thing over and over again, you know, like they were living in this, in this loop. Yeah. Like a constant groundhog day. Yeah, exactly. And I I like that theory. Better. I like that theory a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, like, as much as, like, I've accepted and, like, I understand the ending, sometimes it always feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity when you hear it something does, really yeah. cool like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, for me, it feels like what the actual ending of Battlestar Galactica was supposed to be versus, like, mm-hmm. what we actually yeah. got is I yeah. always wish for that alternate ending. Mm-hmm. But I but I, and I just think, and I, I agree, I think that the, the ending of Lost, I mean, it was, it was satisfying in so many ways, but it also was kind of way too neat bow to tie on a story mm. that had been so incredibly complicated. And I think the same. I think the, the, the very fact that it tried to answer things in such a like logical way and then turned around and was like yeah and then they all died and then here's how they were happy in the afterlife the end i was like yes but but the past though yeah <laughs> like, but the island though all like, of the weird some, like time exactly. travel stuff though <laughs> yeah there was some central thing like by by pushing them all like like we're making the end of all these people about something other than their relationship to the island was the thing that that disappointed me the most because that I had always felt like this the show was about these people's relationship to this semi sentient place and like I think that also really supports especially when it comes to like a lot of like the twisty turvy science stuff that the island is far more special than just being an island that like Jacob and the man in black play on because yeah, yeah. I think one of the one of the my favorite universe rules from Doctor Who is that when a paradox happens or someone crosses their own timeline, like, it will try and fix itself. But on the island, multiple timelines are allowed to collide together without, like, any, like, universe consequences in ways that, like, you know, don't rip apart the fabric of the universe. So, like, the the island has to be a special place in order Mm -hmm. to sustain Mm -hmm. that kind of science fiction. Yeah. just really love the island, but I also (laughs) am afraid of it. (laughs) So, I would be so afraid if I wound up on that island. Oh my god, I know. Um, should we do our outro and finish it up? Yeah, sure. I guess so. You don't you don't want to hear my theory of how Locke is basically just Jaha and and Kane all wrapped. Oh into my god, no! I want to hear that, that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that like right now. Uh, Selena, thank you so much for coming on this episode. We're so excited to have you next week too. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Where can we find you on the internet? Ahead, you can find me on hypable.com, which is H-Y-P-A-B-L-E.com. I also do my own podcast for Hypable called Hype, uh, which is on Twitter at Hypable Hype. And I am on Twitter at Selena Wilkin. And if you did not think that I spoke too much in this episode, then you'll really enjoy my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Uh, pretty much everywhere. And yeah, you didn't, you almost didn't say pretty much everyone yeah, I, I was forgot. like, Robin, you didn't finish. <laughs> eh. um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, but mostly just Twitter. If you actually want to talk to us, you should probably just talk to us personally, honestly. <laughs> and um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. People have been asking us about uh, other shows that we're planning on doing, and we can't do them without more money, to be honest. <laughs> because SoundCloud's so. expensive. SoundCloud's expensive. So if you really want to see another show like Battlestar Galactica, which is what we're planning on doing next, um, we could really use your help. I'm probably just, like, low-key just going to pay for that myself so that I have an excuse to talk about Battlestar Galactica <laughs> for how many episodes? <laughs> 100 episodes? Like, that's my show, man. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica is my lost. Perfect. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. I think you guys are pretty great. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you well enough. <laughs>
This is the spoiler section for episode 112, Whatever the Case May Be, also featuring Hypable's Selena Welkin. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. And now Sarah sings her spoiler song. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Welcome to the spoiler section. I'm gonna give a little bit extra time for people to leave really quickly before I go straight into the thing that I totally forgot about last episode that I then remembered. Oh my God, you actually remembered it? Absolutely, I did. So last episode, I was having an issue because we were going to talk about Ethan and I couldn't, I had written it down and I could not remember what it was. So here I am telling you what the thing was. We (laughs) were talking about how if Jack had imagined Ethan and everything, and if this was actually a real thing, Ethan would have just killed Jack. Mm -hmm. And I had a thought that was just like, no, he wouldn't. And the reason was because Ethan knew because Ben told him that Jack was a spinal surgeon and so had to stay alive to operate on Ben's oh, cancer. Oh, yeah, duh. Ooh, of course. <laughs> yes. I'm I love that all, all roads lead back to Ben. Yes, literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm sure they had absolutely no idea why, like, Ethan didn't kill him at the time. But I yeah. love that the, the way they stitched Ben into the show mm-hmm. really ties everything up in a nice little bow. Yeah, agreed. Yes. Ben X Machina, pretty much. Um, I'm going to go through and find the numbers that I found in this episode. Um, Shannon tells Boone that he's been gone with Locke for the past four days. Oh. 8.15 is the number of the safety deposit box. Those are the two that I found. Yeah. (laughs) That's basically it. Was that one of, like, the really first deliberate plantings of the numbers? I think think so, and I think that definitely the flight number, which I think we learned in Raised by Another... Yeah. Just, yeah. But also, like, $23,000 as Kate's ransom mm-hmm. for Kate. I, I I definitely think that they knew the numbers from the beginning. Okay. And that they had been sprinkling them in. And if they didn't, then what a coincidence that Rousseau <laughs> was there for 16 years. <laughs> they had to have um, known. I think they knew. Yeah, I think this yeah. was one yeah. of the, the building blocks, yeah. Mm-hmm. So some of the notes that I have here that I've just put beside some other notes. So hopefully like I read it and I go, oh, yes, I remember what I was going to talk about. But sometimes I don't, as we can tell. <laughs> Said, oh, the tide is rising too fast. So this is the first, I believe, indication of how time kind of doesn't really work the same way on the island. Um, like in season four, when they think that it should have taken 20 minutes for Saeed and Desmond and Lapidus to get to the freighter. And then it takes them like hours to get there. And stuff. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, guys, we figured out the mystery of why Kate doesn't have as much body hair. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's it. Everything grows very... Uh, but also, like, then Boone and Charlie and Sawyer all need haircuts at some point. Listen, well, maybe there's different rules for different people. Maybe the island... Okay, okay. I, the island and Jacob, they're real bros, and they were like, hey, mm-hmm. women shouldn't have to worry about shaving their pits or their legs. So, uh, for them, time passes real slowly. Well, well, for their bodies, for their hair follicles. This was a reach, okay, I think. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think so, too. And I feel like if that was actually true, we'd be like, um, how sexist is that, Jacob? Well, yeah, but then maybe they did were just super sexist, and that's really the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's the whole thing, is like... Explains Jacob a lot. Just, like, the inherent idea of the list and the numbers and who gets yeah. ruled out is sexist. It's totally. Entirely. Yeah. So it's like, Jacob was just kind of a sexist dude in the first place. Yep. Sawyer tells Michael to find a runway, and in reality, they're actually building a runway uh, on the other island. 
Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, so that's a thing. Um, sidebar, though, how much... Did anyone watch Claire's live tweet when she discovered there was another island? Yeah, no, and she did not believe that. it. Oh, my God, it was so funny. She was sitting there like, wait, there's another <laughs> island? What? And then it was just, like, not believing it for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I know, and then she was like, wait, there is actually another island. <laughs> she went from denial to acceptance, like, real fast. Yeah. Another thing that I have is that we were talking about how Rose isn't a psychiatrist and neither is Jack, and so mm-hmm. no one can really help Charlie. And on the other side of the island with the Tailies, we know that Libby actually is mm-hmm. a psychiatrist. Yeah, that would be interesting if she'd been around. Mm-hmm. Like, in general, and that's the thing about these kinds of shows in general that is so interesting, right, is that we always, when we talk about them, we're like, you know, they need, like, someone, need they need professional help, but these shows are sort of positioning that this is a non-normal where there isn't the opportunity for that so I think also sometimes when we look at people like people like Rose who say you know like get up and keep going like that's not something Mm -hmm. you would say to someone in the real world but it's also very much not the real world but I do wonder this is one of the reasons why I would have loved for Libby to have stuck around Mm -hmm. longer than she did because I do feel like she could have provided an interesting not that everyone should have like gone to her for like sit down with Libby like how's your week been but just in some cases she might have been able to offer some like alternative like way of just talking with people and stuff Mm -hmm. Rose says that she has stopped sob stories and we know know that she she certainly does because Rose had cancer before coming to the island and you know and what is so interesting about Rose's entire behavior in this episode I don't know if this if this was a point uh you wanted to talk about too but is mm-hmm. that if we we've seen so far in season one that you know Locke has this happiness and this zen mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. on this island because he feels a connection to it and we know that so does Rose yeah. we know yes. that she's one of the cho- quote-unquote chosen at least initially by the island that has done something that has integrated with them and giving them healed them and made them feel some kind of safety and so I think that's it it also puts a really interesting twist on the confidence that she has that Bernard is out there and that she'll yeah. see him again I mean I'm sure it, it it does obviously she has faith and that is also really important but she also probably does know like mm-hmm. it's, she yeah. probably has the same way that, that Locke knows it's going to rain in exactly one minute Rose probably does know that Bernard is is so and so far away from her and is very much alive you know in, in mm-hmm. this, like, maybe not as, maybe she's not as, like, I- interestingly, she does say that thing about denial and faith. Like, maybe she is more willing to believe that it is her faith that is telling her. Mm-hmm. But I think there is proof that it uh, is actually the island that's telling her. Yeah. Yeah, which I, think I would is, believe that. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to also talk a little bit more about Nadia. Mm-hmm. And I... The, the thoughts that I have is kind of like, he was leaving, like, he was on the plane to go see Nadia. Yeah. And then he comes down, and he is with Shannon, and when he gets back after season four, or the end of season four, she finds him again, and they end up, I think, potentially getting married until she dies. Mm-hmm. I think they get married. I can't remember they were they going to get married. Yeah. I can't remember. I think they did get married. I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like, but, yeah, they did, because people yeah. were at their wedding. Yeah. It was a thing. Hurley. Right? No? Am I... Did that happen? <laughs> their Selena, wedding? you've been reading a yeah. lot of Didn't fanfic. they get married, and then Hurley was there, and Jack was not there? I'm looking. Claire now. was there. Ch- no, what's her face? Kate was there? No? 
Maybe there was, a, a, there was a, a Hurley had a surprise birthday party. Oh, that's what it was. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> my God. I was like, yeah, okay. So you've been reading way too much fan fiction lately. <laughs> uh, I'm not actually 100% sure if they did actually get married. And I, no. can, I can check in a second there. But they were but in the love thing is anyway. that ultimately in the flash sideways, Saeed's with Shannon. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which uh, How do you guys not feel mad about at this. What, how do you fall in uh, on this quote unquote love triangle? Mm. Um... Um, I never really thought about like I'm not mad at the fact that he wound up with Shannon. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it says hu- it says husband. Okay, for okay. Saeed so they and did. Nadia. Yeah, I guess I've never actually really put a whole lot of thought into it. Honestly, I oh. think more about the other love triangle <laughs> than I think about this one, especially because Nadia and Shannon don't even know about each other. Mm-hmm. But it kind of you- diminishes Nadia. Well, true. Does it though? And that, this is what why I wanted to ask because I actually I really really like this whole thing, and it's it's weird because in a way like I always feel bad like when I'm like oh Shannon and Saeed I'm like but Nadia though yeah <laughs> and I do have that's that my feeling thought. but but I but I also think that in a way what it it sort of is first of all Saeed like obviously was not expecting to fall for Shannon you know mm-hmm. like in this way that he did and I think it kind of took him by surprise how how much he felt for her but i oh and and oh my god another finn clark yeah. raven oh, parallel my god. oh my god if if nadia had come to the island but 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 what i what i do like about it is that i i like the idea that there is more than one like quote-unquote true love in your life mm-hmm. and there's more than one type of true love in your life because i think that this is something that tv especially does a lot and you see it even with the Kate and Sawyer, Jack thing. Like the idea is that she like it had to be one or the other. So when she was like going back and forth between them, people were like, "Oh my god, just pick one." And obviously yeah. the situation was slightly different. But what I like about Saeed and and Nadia and Shannon, and actually this is even better because he ends up with Shannon, is that there was a a love of his life off island and on island. Right. There was a love of yep. his life that it's like they were two separate lives, right? And there was a, a, huh. a love of his life that represented his like one part of who he was and one that represented another part of who he was. It's something, you know, we're talking about this, not that I want to go into this because it's always a dangerous debate to go into, but we're talking about with with, um, Clark and Lexa and whether there can be another love of her life and whether that sort of quote-unquote invalidates Lexa, whereas I don't don't like that idea because I think that love is love and I think that, like, it, you can't sort of, there can be more than one love, you know what I mean? And I think that in yeah. Lost, the thing that bothered me about the, the skate-jate triangle is that I always felt like Kate had love for both. And mm-hmm. saying that you like preferred one didn't invalidate her love for the other. And, and I don't know, I always think of the Sha- the Saeed, Shannon, Nadia thing as one where I think they really managed to be true to both love stories at the same time. Yeah. And to make them both feel real but also very separate and he was never put in the situation like Finn was when he had to like choose (laughs) and that might have like changed my opinion on it but I feel like the way they did it they made a really effort to show that there's more than one true love of a person's life and that's that's what life is and it that love also comes at different periods in your life yeah you know like different ages and different times and you're Mm -hmm. different people at different parts in your life like that's like the Clark and Lexa thing, like, you know, like, at the end of the day, Clark was, like, 18 years old. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, I ship Lexa, like, important. the most for Clark. Yeah. So, like, but I recognize, like, she was 18 years old. 
Right. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be other people that she'll love in her life. It just like with Saeed, there will be other people that he loves that aren't Nadia, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the Nadia thing is huge and all-encompassing and beautiful and soulful and wonderful, but that doesn't mean that when he meets Shannon and forms a connection to her, that that can't also be real. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In a different way. So the fact yeah. that she, he ends up with Shannon, I think, you know, in on the one hand, it's a really convenient way to get Shannon into the finale. <laughs> On one yeah. hand, yes. <laughs> yeah. But on the other... Because she I, wasn't in LAX for some reason. Yeah. But, you know, in another, I think it's it's a it's a nice way to demonstrate that people are capable of loving more than one person, which, for some yes. reason, is a really hard concept for people to grasp. For television mm. as well. Yeah. <laughs> in general, the way that they tell stories. Like, look at, like, any love triangle in television, like Elena and Stefan and Damon. It was all about, like, oh, who's she going to ultimately end up with? And the show was like, no, no, she loves both. It's fine. And the, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't, you, you never really felt the authenticity of that because everyone knew that it was about who she was going to ultimately end up with, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, whereas on, honestly, like, if a good love triangle is probably Kara and Lee and Sam from yeah, Battlestar. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, where, like, you feel the entire time that Kara loves both of them just in mm-hmm. very different ways. And, like, one is a more tumultuous relationship, one is a more mature but somehow, like, rocky relationship. And, like, both of them are equally valid. And you can walk away from the end of the show mm-hmm. and have an interpretation of both relationships and she has had both relationships, but it was never about the triangle. It was always just about Kara. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was mm. like the slightly better version of the Kate Sawyer Jack one because yep. it kept Kara in the center of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. One of the other ones that I had was that uh, Jack says that Sawyer's arm will be infected and he'll want him to cut off his arm. And he ends up like nearly doing that to Boone. later this season uh, except with his leg (laughs) true as well as sawyer says she lied brother and that reminded me of deathbed they're really laying in the groundwork here there's the hatches there's his lingo there's his numbers Mm -hmm. yep he's coming it's all about desmond kate says that it was the man she loved and the man she killed of course this is a red herring because this isn't like she she was the reason that he died this is tom brennan from born to run but that's not like what her big crime was mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was always a little bit disappointed by this to be honest yeah, same. i felt like they misled us yeah know? Yeah, I definitely feel feel misled. This is definitely yeah. one of those times where I think they didn't know what Kate's secret was other than maybe she killed someone she loved. Yeah, right. and so they're like, oh, man, now we got to have her kill somebody she loves. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, I, I often wonder if, like, they didn't go down that route because they thought it would make Kate irredeemable, which I think is a mm. shame because I think you can pull a female character back from that with skill. Yeah. 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 But I don't think they were prepared to do it. Lastly, I have a note beside Finding Nemo because I think <laughs> Brittany said that there were more Finding Nemo stories in the. No, that there. was me. That was Lena, maybe. What? You said there was another Finding Nemo parallel for later. Oh yeah, yeah, Michael. And oh, true. Oh my god! Whoa! Oh yeah, that's like the big one. <laughs> like the most obvious one. <laughs> have you seen my son? His name is his wacko, or <laughs> he I don't the know what his name is. <laughs> like if literally. Michael is Marlin and Walt is Nemo, Nemo. who is Dory? Literally. Oh, oh my god, who hmm. is Dory? Hmm. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's Rousseau? the dentist. I don't know. 
No, you know who Ben is? Ben is that evil little girl with the braces. Darla. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't think there is a Dory in this story, especially because Michael just goes goes it alone the whole time. Right, exactly. I was going to say, who does he even interact with? Oh, Juliet? Like, who, who the of. hell does he... Sawyer? Yeah, I don't know. Sawyer and Jin are also on the raft, but... Yeah, true. That's a real failure of Michael's story, actually, they didn't give him storylines with other characters. Yeah. Yep. Charlie is is uh, talking about, like, his near-death experience, and he's, it's oh, yeah. to our discussion last week, and he says, Maybe, maybe I should have died. Maybe I should have died. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe you should have, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Why didn't the island do that, Charlie? It's, it's interesting because you do wonder and again with the fate thing and with the um, what are the island's plans for these people and him wondering maybe I should have died sort of makes us wonder should he have like yeah, was he yeah. again the question was he brought back by the island or was he brought back against the island's wishes right you know oh mm-hmm. my god I feel like Jacob now that I'm like now that we're talking about this like did Jacob even have a plan for Charlie or did he just kind of want to see like what would happen let me see if Charlie's name was on the lighthouse wheel or mm. in the lighthouse thing. It probably it was. It, it must have been. I'm almost certain it is, but let me check. Pace. I always felt like Charlie was like a pawn in, in either Jack or, or Desmond's story. Yeah, he definitely oh, was. I didn't want lighthouse the episode. I wanted the lighthouse. No? <laughs> Robin's having a small crisis because she can't find something lost related immediately. Should it be on the list? Locke, Reyes, blah, 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 blah. Jarrah, Rousseau, Shepard. No. Rutherford, Shannon was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't on the list because on his Lostpedia page, the only mention of a list one. is his list. Oh, yeah, his greatest hits. Well, maybe Stanhope. was Goodwin okay, I, I was might on the be list. misremembering. Oh, no, is he's he? In it. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's one know. of Jacob's candidates. Okay. Faraday, Charlotte, Rudzinski, Tom Friendly, oh, friendly. Ben Linus, Michael Dawson. What? I don't see him on the lighthouse list. Oh, maybe that's just. I don't it's know. On the, it's on the. It's on the cave. Cave. Yeah. The heckin' cave wall. Tell me. So more. anyway, yeah. So he was on the list. <laughs> yep. One ninety-five pace. Oh, wow, buddy. So he was far <laughs> down. Yeah, he barely made the list. Aww. <laughs> but that explains, then, why he didn't die. Yeah. Though I guess it doesn't really explain Shannon. Claire was really far down the list, too. She was, like, 300-something. 313. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't interesting for people anymore. So let's finish this up. Okay. Uh, Selena, thank you so much for coming back on the episode. Thank you for having Yay. me and putting up with my stupid date. <laughs> no, no, I loved it. Genuinely loved it. Let me know which episodes you're super into on season two, and I'll try and find one that's free for you. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, B R I T T A N I A, with an underscore at the end. And Selena, you want to talk about yours one more time? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Selena Wilkin which is S-E-L-I-N-A-W-I-L-K-E-N. And you can find me on Hypable, which is H-Y-P-A-B-L-E dot com. And you can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. We now have our logo available on Redbubble if you want to buy a sticker or something. That's pretty chill. <laughs> I'm going to buy a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. You have a nice looking logo, so... Thank That's you. That's a good incentive. Thank you. 
Um, you can donate to us on Patreon. Um, all of the money goes to like hosting our SoundCloud yeah. because SoundCloud charges a ton of money if you upload a lot of content a month. So that's where all our money goes. In case anyone was wondering, we need yeah. the money for SoundCloud. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. I love you, bye. Love you, bye. I feel like I can say that now because you, you know, two-time <laughs> yeah. guests. I feel a kinship with the listeners. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> You're one of them. One of us. Yes. yes one of us. One of us. Nice. One of us. Nice. One of us is a... All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> this is the spoiler section for episode 113, Hearts and Minds, featuring Pharaoh. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Welcome to the spoiler segment. Here we are. <sighs> Finally, we're here, we're queer, we're ready for spoilers. Yes. The first thing that we're gonna talk about is the numbers. So all the numbers that I found in this episode was, he mentions that they stared at the piece of marble for four months. Four is a number. Mm-hmm. Boone says he spent 15 hours on a plane. 15 is a number. Locke tells Boone that the camp is four miles west. Four is a number. That's it for numbers. Woo! You did a good job with numbers. Thanks! You're welcome! Now for everything else. I have, I don't have a lot of spoilers in this episode, but Brittany seems to have a lot of thoughts, so this is great. I do! (laughs) He talks about a magnetic anomaly, and, uh, yeah, that's our, that's, you know, the incident slash what Desmond is down in the hatch for. So, that's pretty cool. Slash Ben in a big old wheel. Yeah. They're blaming Locke for stuff. I don't know why it happens. Oh, Brittany, you had something to say about this. We were talking about how they were hiding in the trees and they were blaming Locke for stuff and then they were going back to camp and you said, I have spoiler thoughts. Oh, I had a Jeremy Bentham joke in there. Oh, yes, please tell them. Well, I can't remember what it is now. Because they were like, it was some kind of like Locke identity joke. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Wow, this is a great joke. This really landed, I think. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I think I, I think people are laughing. Yeah. The biggest spoiler thing that I wanted to talk about in this episode was the fact that Jack and Locke sit down at the beach and literally, this is literally the Jacob and Man in Black conversation. Yeah. From the end of season five. It's amazing that he like comes up, talks about a ship slash ships. He says, you know, and they have a, a conversation. It's very reminiscent of exactly what it is. And you think about if Locke is MIB because Locke gets taken over by MIB and Jack ends up taking the place of Jacob for a small amount of time. That kind of... It works perfectly. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I think they this. probably did that intentionally. Like, the writers definitely went back and rewatched like, season one before mm. they wrote a lot of that ending, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bless you. Blesses. Thanks, Boo. Trust him. No offense, mate, but if there was one person on this island I would put my absolute faith in to save us all, it would be John Locke. I mean, if he'd gotten the chance. Yeah. But he frickin' didn't. Not really. Thanks, he, Ben. He did his heckin' best, though. He really did. The last thing is, what did he do with her body? Oh my god, okay. So, I have so many thoughts about this hallucination because I have a question of whether or not it was even a hallucination at all. Ooh, okay. Because, one, how would Locke know how to mix up that paste? Yeah. 
It kind of feels like a load of crap to me. Well, I mean, the next time that Locke uses the paste, it, it, he does get a vision of Boone at the beginning of season three. Yeah, but again, that could just be MIB. Oh. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, this entire hallucination that Boone has feels like MIB terrorizing Boone. Or Jacob. And just like, this is a- Either one of them. And how did Locke even know that that's what would happen? Yeah. And he didn't. And Locke was stirring it up. Like right at the beginning of the episode before he even said, well, maybe not. I can't remember. But like before he potentially even said. Well, he was doing it when they were talking about Michelangelo. He was stirring up the thing. And he said, what's this? And he said, it's for later. Oh. I'm just trying to figure out if it was before or after he said, hey, we should talk to Shannon or tell Shannon. I think he, yeah. Oh, he's, no, he was talking about Saeed. You need to put aside your differences with Saeed. Yeah. And then he starts making the paste already before he even says, hey, we should tell Shannon. So, like, I think, one, he intended the entire time to abandon Boone in the jungle, like, as a test, Mm -hmm. but two, to see what the island would do, well, the island in quotes, the island would do to Boone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, whether or not Boone was worthy to continue on, like, with the island was whether or not he lived through that encounter. Yeah. Right. So, like, it could, you could totally, I think you could totally make an argument that, you know, it was either Jacob or MIB pushing Boone and testing to see what kind of person he was. And in the end, Boone is the kind of person who could see his sister die and feel okay about it. Hmm. And that made him maybe not worthy. Or maybe he was worthy and MIB wanted him gone. Something like that. Is Boone, I'm pretty sure Boone is a candidate. I know that Shannon is. Because, like, the whole criteria of, like, being, you know, the Ben of the island is that you have to be able to sacrifice everything right yeah so is boone being at peace with shannon's death an indication that maybe he could have been a candidate if you know he hadn't yeah it's a, yeah jacob's candidates yeah the man in black explained each name is the name of a candidate boone's surname carlisle is crossed out according to it boone's number is 226 since we're talking about boone i'm gonna go to the boone trivia page and see what happens Boone has appeared in 10 episodes after his death. Also, this is the only Boone episode in the entire series. Oh. Yikes. Ian Summerholder went to get that CW money. Boone was the ninth character to have a flashback. (laughs) Boone's total episode count is 28. He died in his 18th episode. Boone was the first of Lost's main characters to die. He died with his eyes open. Oh. Boone, along with Anna Lucia, died in the 20th episode of their respective seasons. R.I.P. Anna Lucia. Despite his early death, Boone serves as a plot device or character motivation in almost every season. In season one, his death causes Locke to continue his quest to enter the hatch, which, as revealed in season two, keeps Desmond from committing suicide, referred to in both seasons as the sacrifice the island demanded. In season three, a spirit ver- vision of Boone gives Locke the Im- Im- I, don't even, I don't even know that word. To find the gravely injured Mr. Echo. In season five, Locke witnesses the night of Boone's death and implicates it as a pivotal, as pivotal in becoming the person he is now. So Boone was a sacrificial lamb in Locke's journey. Yeah. Simon is the name of a character in Lord of the Flies, an often referenced book in in Lost, whose death was also rationalized as a sacrifice to an island. So then who do we, do you think that Jacob sacrificed Boone so that Locke could continue to grow? I think yes. I think that Locke was a more obvious choice or like a better choice as he could clearly tell as for 
the person to take over for him. Like, mm. once they came down on the island, they were like, clearly Locke is better than Boone. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, this one is expendable. But it's like, I can't, just can't help but wonder if that whole, like, Shannon thing was like a test that maybe Boone failed. Mm. <gasps> Buddy. Well, that's what you get for kissing your sister and then being okay with her dying. True. <laughs> Sometimes bad things happen to morally gray people. True. Which is basically the theme of the show. Yeah. Pharaoh, thank you again for being on the pod. I hope you had a nice time. It was lovely. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you! Thank you! <laughs> you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me at Sparrow Amnesty. <laughs> Sparrow Amnesty on Twitter and Pharaoh Amnesty on Instagram. It's really boring for both of them. I never post anything. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. You agreed. No, it's true, it's though. She doesn't do anything. Unless we play Monopoly, then I do, true. like, live action tweets. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes Pharaoh's Twitter is just, like, ridiculous quotes that me, that I've said, as well as my friend, or, like, our friend Rena, who's coming on the pod in a couple episodes, so... Mm-hmm. That's adorable. <laughs> um, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and you can go on Redbubble. We have some uh, thing there if you want. I don't know. You're really selling yeah. it, I think. That hype train, though. <laughs> you can also uh, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Aficionados. As I mentioned, it's expensive as hell. We need so, your help. Um, if, you en- if you enjoy Save our us. content, please help us. Help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're, You're our only, only hope. hope. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! bye. The end. Your wife's hot. This is the spoiler section for our mid-season roundtable featuring Jillian and Sam. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers! Okay, now Sarah sings her spoiler song. Yes! Finally! Welcome to the spoiler section. Now the real discussion Yay! All right, let's oh let's God. get her done. Let's talk about spoilers. Should we do our favorite episode? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Within the whole show, Sam, what is your favorite? No, episode? no, no, no. Me, me go, go for first. Sam first. Jillian, Jillian go first. what is your favorite episode? Ooh, what if we show? all went around and we just kept naming really good episodes and we can't? Yeah. And we can't uh, uh, repeat. No. What? Sam's gonna take mine. <laughs> you just have to keep okay, naming them. I have them. several. Brittany, why don't you go first? There, um, that's not a good idea. Robin? I get to go first? Yes. So, yes, other yes. than Outlaws, which I already explained, uh, my second favorite episode of the series is called The Glass Ballerina. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. My, oh, um, what's the one where you get Hurley's whole lottery backstory? Numbers. Numbers. Love numbers. Everybody hates Hugo. Oh, that's a good one! Good one. And great Trisha Tanaka is dead. That's also a good one. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with The Variable. Which one's that one? Uh, that's the Daniel Faraday episode. <gasps> that's a good Pretty one. Angel. Um, what's the one where um Desmond or er, punches Ben in the face? Oh, that's a Ben episode. My, th- mm, is it dead? Is dead? One sec, let me find out. Mine. Doctor Linus. Oh, Doctor Linus. Linus. That is an incredible Linus, episode. That one, yeah. Doctor Linus is one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. Oh my god. Not yeah. in Portland. Juliet's first episode. Okay. I love not in Portland. Is it my turn now? And I love flashes before your eyes. It's Robin's flashes turn. Before your eyes. Okay. We're my not turn. Any sort of I'm going here. to take. Um, oh shoot! I had it. Where'd it go? Oh, greatest hits. 
Oh, that's such a good one. Um, my favorite episode is Expose. Expose! Yes! I hate how much you love Expose. I love Expose. Oh, I know another really good one. Are you ready? Okay. LaFleur. Yep, yep. Snaps for LaFleur. Ooh! Okay, wait, it's not my turn yet. (laughs) I think we're just going. Is it it my turn? Sure. Because we haven't said anything about the constant yet. I thought you were going to take that first. I was gonna, but when you were all like, "That's my favorite episode." Oh, the place. The constant is my all-time favorite episode. The constant is the best episode. Julia, yeah, just of television for sure. Not my favorite episode. I think Lafleur is my favorite episode. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, I want to give really a episode. shout out to Ji Yun uh, for those incredible flashbacks. Yeah, where it's like, Sun is is her flashback is off island after island and Jin's flashback is before island but you think that it's happening concurrently but it isn't oh is that what season is that good one that's season four. four. Oh, egg town just because of the name yep oh then some like it hawk because of the name yeah <laughs> oh, also five is so good. every part of there's no place like home is like really good yeah. yeah. That's like my favorite Just, like, finale. All the season finales are amazing. Oh my god, Through the Looking Glass. Oh, we yep. didn't talk about Incredible, that. Incredible, so. a million tears. The other 48 days, I want to give a shout That's out. That's a oh, great one. That's so good. Oh my god, I have a question. Who's your favorite of the Tailies? <gasps> Bernard. It's a good one. Bernard. Bernard. Ana Lucia. Ana Lucia. Mm-hmm. No love for Libby this day. <laughs> I love Libby. It's just like, to me, Rest I don't really Libby. remember Libby. Right. I just remember Libby not wearing a bra. Yeah. Into it. Wait, no love for Echo either. My number two spot goes to Cindy. <laughs> Cindy, really? The flight attendant? Yeah. Because yeah. she, like she ends up with the kids, remember? Mm-hmm. She shows remember. up in a couple seasons later. Yeah. I literally don't remember any of that. Because there's the two kids three. that were taken yeah, from the Yeah, she has all the kids. Zach and Emma. How do I not remember this? I don't know. Wait, it's, it's, really a, it's small. in a Jack episode that happens. Is that in Strange? I think it's in Stranger in a Strange Land. That's why you don't remember it because you've uh, you've. I blocked that episode up. Yeah. Stranger yeah. in a Strange Land is the worst episode of television ever made, and I I stand by that. Why? Because it's the story of Jack's tattoo. Jack's tattoo. I wouldn't say that it's the worst. Ep- uh, I I would definitely say it's the worst episode. It's not the worst ever lost, made, but it's the worst know. episode of Lost. Stranger okay, in a Strange Land is better than every episode of Big Bang Theory. Well, yeah. that's just true. It's the <laughs> worst episode of television so I've ever seen. You can't remember why Stranger Strange Land's bad? Okay. Robin, why Stranger Strange Land bad? Uh, it, well, it's Jack in Thailand getting racist tattoos and having... It's, like, the only oh. episode that has, like, a fairly explicit sex scene in it. And it's just, like, appropriation what season is it? the episode. Season three. Season three. It is oh. right in between... It's in between Flashes Before Your Eyes and Treasure Tanaka is Dead, so it's like, let's just sandwich this into some really great episodes. Oh, that's... I haven't rewatched that one yet. That'll be interesting. I like... It's it's like the, um, the Woman King or Black Market in Battlestar Galactica. When you're rewatching, you just don't watch them. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, uh, more really great episodes that I want to bring up is The Man Behind the Curtain, the first Ben episode. Yes. Oh, I love that. My boy! I yeah. love that boy! I'm interested to see how I'm going to, like, interpret Ben now that, like, mm-hmm. I know. Like, because Ben is, like, the ultimate villain, right? Yeah. Because he is, he's yeah, the relatable, there was this, understandable like, villain. Yeah, I think it was, like, Rolling Stones or something a couple years ago that had that 
giant list. It was like a hundred of the best, like the top 100 best TV villains ever. And I felt mm-hmm. like the most proud because Ben Linus was literally number one. No joke. He, he's that good. He's that dynamic and good a villain. Mm-hmm. He, he's like the umbrage of TV. He is. But at the same time, it's like if umbrage was somehow weirdly likable and human. Yeah. yeah so it's like you umbrage hate was like ben. an actually dynamic. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like you absolutely hate Ben, but you don't want to stop watching Ben. You know whose episode who's I really liked on rewatching? Mm-hmm. Mr. Echoes. Really, Mr. I Echoes? I really liked Echoes. his flashbacks. I don't even remember Mr. Echoes' flashbacks. They were really, really he only weird had that three his episodes. brother was on the island and dead. And it was super it was such a weird small world moment. When his brother was on the island and dead? Yeah, because remember yeah, his it was brother vision. It was, was on the plane with all the heroin? That kills Boone. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. Boone. Remember when Boone died? No one cared. Yeah. <laughs> we just like we care so little for because like Boone in any other show would be like the lead main character. Like that's yeah. why he went to a CW show because like Ian Summerholder was gonna be like the main character or something. And it's mm-hmm. just like I don't give a shit about that type of character. Yeah. <laughs> like I get that you need to find yourself and your purpose in life, but I don't want to watch it. A couple other episodes that I want to give a shout out to before we move on is the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. <gasps> Good one. Aww. And 316, which is the episode where they're on the plane and they're about to go back to the island. And uh, there are yeah. two moments in 316 that really, really stick with me. And the first one is when Jack keeps trying to get rid of Locke's suicide note, but it keeps mm-hmm. going back to him. And when he opens it, it says, I wish you had believed me. That's oh. one of the like big, big moments. And the other one is when they realize that Lapidus is the pilot and when he comes oh, yeah. out and sees all the other people and goes we're not going to Guam are we <laughs> is that the same episode where Ben's reading and Jack's like how can you, you can read, read? <laughs> my mother Ben's taught like, me my mother taught me which is another <laughs> lie he's always lying for the most random like for nothing he's he just lies uh, yeah, that's his teaching. thing. I, that's why I love him. Another his thing mother- is ridiculous when he, like, comes over and I think it's Locke, like, MIB Locke, who walks over to him and says, can I ask you a question? And he goes, I'm a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not. He, I think he was born in December or something. Do you think if Ben had known that was MIB, he wouldn't have been a sassy? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Oh, another shout out to the incident. No! Yes. We don't talk about the incident. Oh my god, Abaterno. The in- isn't the incident when Juliet dies? Yeah. Well, she doesn't yeah, die. Why. She basically oh, dies. No, she you. dies at the beginning of LAX. Okay, but um, we don't talk about the incident or the incident that happened in the incident. Gotcha. She's fine. All right. Oh, you know what's a really good episode on, re- on the rewatch? The Long Con. Yeah. yeah. Which was the, the Long Con? When Sawyer it. gets Charlie to attack Sun. Mm-hmm. That was fucked. Sorry. Oh, that was fracked. That was frickle frackle. That was really interesting because it showed like Sawyer is like because like, is a like kind of a really bad person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sawyer does really screwed up things. And Charlie was very desperate. What? So that was what season two? Yeah. Yes. Honestly, I really feel like Juliet turned Sawyer around. Oh, absolutely. Yep. That's why I, I ship I ship skate up until the time jump. And then after that, yep. it's like, that's not even Sawyer and that's not even Kate anymore. They're different now. 
Exactly. But I don't how does Kate change? Kate changed she became a mother. Uh the she becomes a mom. Kid. Oh right. Oh my gosh, she's Clark Griffin. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Am I wrong? That revelation though. Am I wrong? I'm getting a FaceTime. No, Kate's way more dynamic. Who is it? Clark. It's my aunt. Hi. Oh, yeah. I'm good, I'm recording a pod. Oh well, yes, so I'm in your way? A little bit, but I can call you right back. We're almost done. Okay, that'd be good. Okay, bye. Alright, bye. Oh, yeah. Wait, so, but we can't do the spoiler section without talking about Desmond and Penny or I will die. Yeah, yeah. A couple ships that <laughs> I want to talk about for sure. Desmond and Penny, Rose and Bernard. Two very <gasps> yes. important Bernard. ships to talk about. Okay, I can't remember. Rose and Bernard stay on the island forever, right? Yeah. yeah. They just stay because that's how Rose's cancer is cured? Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. I would One too. of my most, the most incredible moment is in season two when Michael and Jin and Sawyer are finally accepted into the Tailies and Bernard walks over all like shy and everything and he says, hi, I'm just wondering if there's a woman named Rose where you're from or whatever. And they're like, yeah, the black lady. And he's like, yeah, that's my wife. So I'm just checking basically. And then like Sam Anderson just snaps for Sam Anderson, who's just amazing. And he's just like crying saying, thank you so much. And it's like, I don't know. I have so many feelings. And then, like, the, the, the reunion between yeah. Rose and Bernard, I'm oh. dying inside. I think Rose and Bernard are, like, easily the most underrated ship of the entire They are. Yeah. They totally are. Because people ignore them because they're older. Yep. But wow, so don't know what that's pure. about. <laughs> <laughs> but they also don't get, like, I feel like the show ignores them a little bit because they don't get, like, enough screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess because they're but, like, such what they secondary do get characters. Is so satisfying. Yeah, what they do get, like, they get really good material. Yes, absolutely. Like, they have their own episode, SOS, which is another episode we should be so <laughs> calling yes. out. I love that one. Yeah, so good. They're Desmond the and Penny. too, right? Des and Pen, what? Did someone say Des Pen? Yeah, I, I love did. them. I would I die for them. Too. The only thing I ship more than Des Pen is Desmond and me. Honestly, <laughs> okay, do you guys want to hear my crack ship? though yes i have this huge i just want like desmond and charlie really bad i knew it i oh, knew it was gonna so be that cute. like hmm. maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me and then they save each <laughs> other oh i love them so much i never would have thought about that but now i'm like okay no when i was rewatching it I completely saw it, and it's all Robin's fault. Oh, Robin! <laughs> look what you did. That's so nice. No, it is oh, nice, because now you have this lovely ship that you can think about all the time. And every time you hear Wonderwall, you can cry like I do. <laughs> oh, God. Jillian's oh. just sitting here going, yeah, she's that one. I was kind of into Sun and Kate, though. I was just about to say Sun and Kate! And Kate and Claire. But only... In like the, what the first two seasons, and then after yeah. that, that relationship gets a little uh, rocky. Yeah. When I was at in Hawaii in January, we went to the Maui Brewing Company, and there was this guy who was like playing guitar, and he was like, "Are there any requests?" And like everyone always makes fun of me because I always ask for Wonderwall, which is like supposed to be a joke, but like I just it really love that song. And then at one point, <laughs> he played it for me, and it was really nice. Right now. It's in my vlog. Jillian's like, I need to leave right now immediately. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Robin Bobobin. I respect your bravery to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> that I love Wonderwall so much? Yes. 
I literally cry. I'm not joking. Anyways, here's Wonderwall. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Anywhere here's Wonderwall. I literally request Wonderwall any time that I possibly can, and people think I'm making a joke and I'm not. But it's nice because we're at the point in, like, culture now where it's a really funny meme. Yeah. So you, like, cross Wonderwall and it'll just make people happy because they're just laughing at the meme of it. (laughs) It's just like, what's your request song? What you say? (laughs) If you had live music, what would your request song be? What you say? Sam. What? Also, Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith. That's a good one. Like your live music request song. Africa by Toto. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) What about you, G? I'm not from there, but I love Sweet Home Alabama. Oh my god, no, (laughs) yes, that's such a good song! Sweet Home Alabama, but it's about Sawyer. Oh. Yeah. Also, um, I just want to say if we're doing crack crack ships, um, Desmond and Juliet is something I would watch. Ooh. Yeah. Because those are my favorite characters. Same. Yeah. Or, um, Saeed with anyone. Saeed with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jillian's like, uh-uh. What am I thinking? Maybe Richard and Jacob. Richard and Jacob? Huh. What is wrong with you? Wow. Okay, but also, how have we not talked about Richard Alpert? I'm down, I'm down, I'm Guy-liner? down. Oh, Richard Alpert. Guy-liner. What ever happened to him? What, to, he was on Bates Motel. To Nestor? Oh, was he? He's doing yeah. lots of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's still on Bates Motel. He was Motel. one half of my Bates Motel OGP. Yeah. See, he was on Bates Motel with Via Formiga. Mr. Carb- Dester Carbonell. I love Nestor. He's got the most beautiful eyes of anyone I've ever seen in my whole life. Except for you, it's fine. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks! <laughs> anyway, so Richard Alpert, I love him the most. My beautiful, ageless god. Yes. Did it, Richard Alpert ever actually die? Um, uh, in the series finale, um, he gets he's sitting with Miles, and Miles, um, plucks a gray hair off his head, and then, <gasps> uh, he says, oh, look, your first gray hair, and Richard says, I just realized I that I think I want to live, because Aww. Richard Alpert was, like, trying to commit suicide during season six. Yeah, he was trying to die for, like, most of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, weren't we all? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> You're bad. Anyway, remember that time that Desmond punched Ben in the face? That was funny. Remember that time he climbed the side of a boat to get back to Penny? Remember that time when Desmond and Penny named their child Charlie? Oh my (laughs) god, I forgot about that. Remember that time Brittany was like, Desmond's not in season five that much. And then I got to 503 and they were like having a baby and I was like, oh. But why would you ask me questions? I can't remember anything. That was, that was, that's on you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Thank you both right. for being on the pod. We love Thanks, you, Mindy. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yay. Um, everyone tell your Twitters again. I'm oh. Sam Casey's. Uh, and mine's G-I-G-I-A-N-S-E. She's G-G Ants. G-G Ants. Um, you can, Robin, what's yours? Uh, you can follow me at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Like Twitter and like Instagram and like Snapchat and like uh, Redbubble. I'm on lots of stuff for the same thing. <laughs> what about Spotify? Yeah, you can follow Brand me on Spotify if you want. Oh, they, there you go. Uh, none of my usernames match. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Abertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, but mostly Twitter. Mostly Twitter, because we love it the most. Yeah. Oh, and it's where all our cute listeners are. True. Um, and um, you can follow or uh, donate to our Patreon. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> Sam's distracting me. 
Stop laughing! <clears throat> Stop! Stop laughing! So you can donate to their Patreon at patreon.com slash theaffectionados. <laughs> They're poor! Thanks, Julia! I just donated $5 a month. Yeah, you're that. a sweet angel. You are a sweet angel, but let's not, like, pump her ego up too much. Yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay love, love you, you, bye! bye. Go away, bye. bye! 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 Guys. Where are we? This is the spoiler section for episode 114, Special, featuring Brock. This spoiler section began with only season 1 spoilers, as Brock had only seen the end of season 1, and continued on to full series spoilers, sans Brock. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Okay, welcome to the spoiler section. We are talking season 1. Uh, as of right now, and therefore we can speak of the numbers. So I have a few numbers, thoughts in here. Where are they? Oh, my first one was that the nurse said that she was a mother of four. And four oh. is one of the numbers. My other right, one was that right. Michael says that he sent the letters over the last eight years, and eight is a number. Yeah. Oh. I like how it just sounds like you're saying, like, these are numbers. <laughs> they are, though. Eight yeah. is totally a number. Well, I ran out of numbers thoughts, but I do have a few more season one thoughts. This is the first time when Michael brings up building a raft, and the raft ends up being really important in the rest of season one, uh, especially the end of season one. Uh, first of all, it gets burnt down. And Walt's the one who does that, oh. and they have to build a new one. That's, you know, ultimately better than the last one anyway. And when they go out there, yeah, and uh, Walt gets taken, ultimately because he is special. Walt! Yeah, by a bunch Walt. of hillbillies. Sure, hillbillies, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They look like hillbillies. I mean, you saw the flies buzzing sure, around Sure, yeah, yeah, them, yeah, but... yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, totally. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Totally, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But... Here's my thing about the whole uh, Walt burning the raft. Mm -hmm. I mean, that also allows for everybody to learn that Son speaks English. Yeah. He says that, like, I kind of like the island. It's a nice island. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Very lock thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of, even though that this episode starts to tie up the connection between Michael and Walt there's still some sort of resentment that's still there mm-hmm. and it hangs even after he burns the raft uh, like it only takes what is it this episode or the next episode that he confesses to his dad about burning the raft uh i'm actually not sure i feel like the raft isn't even burnt for a bit so i'm i'd have to take a look but this also serves as a catalyst for strengthening michael and jin's relationship because right now oh, they're true kind of on the end side of things yeah it looks like in translation is when the raft burns but i'm not sure when wanted Locke to oh. know that he didn't poison michael Walt finally told him in born to run so that's the like i think the second last episode of season one all right and then Walt joins up with the gang on the raft yes there's such a lovely little crew on that raft mm-hmm do you have any more just season one thoughts? Because I'm all out. Uh, well, I was... Oh, oh yes, I had a list. Okay. I made a list. Okay, okay. Boone's death. Yes. Ha! <laughs> I mean, yes. how's that? In hindsight, in hindsight to what you just told me, totally deserves it. Yes, Boone's And also, 
in the finale, we learned that Hurley was actually the owner of that Green Lantern Flash comic. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Yeah. Um, I was... Now knowing that in hindsight, I would have loved a little bit where uh, Michael throws the comic in the fire. Hurley just walks over. He's like, dude, that's my comic. Like, dude, Why'd you throw my comic rude. in the fire, dude? I mean, like, samesies. Cool. I actually would have super loved her Hurley just been, like, very quietly being like, that, that was, was mine. Yep. <laughs> Wait, Brock, right. how, f- how far have you watched, though? Have you watched started season two? I have not started season two yet. I just know that... Uh, pardon my language. Shit went down at the end of the finale. They are without a raft and without a paddle, too. Without oh. a Walt. Oh my god, then I have an amazing question for you. If you yes. don't already know the answer. What do you think is in the hatch? What I think is in the hatch? Well, there's a giant ladder that leads down. I think it has something to do with that organization that appeared on the DVD cover. Ooh, interesting. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. okay. All right, well, Brock, thank you so much for being on the episode. Yeah, thank you so much. Yay. You're welcome. Uh, why don't you tell us where we can find you on the internet again? All right. So I'm going through a few changes on my uh, social media outlets, but you can find me on DeviantArt at Beelmeister. I'm currently working on some written work. Right now, to, I'm bouncing back and forth between two possible novel ideas, The Chronicles of Tiberia, which is more fantasy-oriented, and Beyond the Wild, which is more post-apocalyptic, but more on the wild side of things. On Twitter, you're going to find me at Beelmeister as well. Do you want to uh, spell that out for us? Oh, Beelmeister. B-E-A-L-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Thank you. And at Instagram, you can find me at Prehistoric Prince. Awesome. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Love you, bye. <laughs> Love you, bye. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Um, I don't have very many spoilers, so this should go pretty quickly. Um, so now we're on spoilers for the rest of the series. They're talking about how Michael hates being a father, and Jack says, well, it's just a lot of hard work. And I just wanted to bring up the fact that Jack is not a father, but in The Flash Sideways, he is. Yes, he uh, is. To sweet David. He just doesn't know how much hard work it is sweet yet. David Shepard, who just wants to play the piano. Stop. Oh my god. Of course you get attached to David <laughs> Shepard. I worry about him. Also, I just want to say it was eerily, like, accurate how Brock figured out what was in the hatch. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's amazing that he hasn't heard it already. Like, he should have been like, oh, you mean Marcus Kane? (laughs) Yeah, right? It's amazing that he doesn't already know. Yeah, he somehow has, like, missed all of the spoilers. That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Another thing I had was that, uh, this was brought up on Lostpedia, is that Michael gets the, this box of letters, and they do this shot from, uh, closer to the ground, looking up, Mm -hmm. and the room that he's in's roof is shaped like an octagon, (gasps) which is very reminiscent of Dharma. Dharma. I don't know why I said that in that voice. Dharma. Dharma. Dude, that's all the spoilers I have. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all the spoilers spoilers that I have, other than, um, until you told me, I didn't know that Walt was psychic because the show, like, forgot to continue that plot line. (laughs) Actually, uh, in one of the webisodes, uh, they bring it up again, um, because they kept Walt in room 23 while, uh, during season two. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and so there's this, uh, 
webisode called Room 23 where Ben and Juliet are basically discussing how heckin' weird Walt is. And um, they're like, we have to do something with him because, like, I don't even know what we're going to do. And then they look down and there's just, like, a bunch of dead birds who have run into the window of of Room 23. So is, like, Walt's only psychic talent the fact that he can kill birds? Uh, He can just summon animals. Oh my god, Walt Snow White. Oh my god. He's like dark Snow White. Yeah. Okay, well we figured out his actual power now. That's incredible. Crack that case. I'm so glad we know now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had to figure it out. The show wasn't going to tell us. <laughs> True. Should we just outro then? Yeah. Uh, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, mostly Twitter. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the just in case you want to help us out. But if you don't, we still love you. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And mine is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And um, my Instagram is Britter's but, like, I don't ever use it. Oops. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Yay, bye. Yay, bye. You're a jerk. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Stay tuned for more spoiler sections coming soon. While you're waiting for season two, we've got some other podcasts. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. We've talked all about season four and season five will be coming soon. If it hasn't started already by the time that I put this up, I don't know. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we'd like to talk about that show too. We talked all about season one and maybe by the time this goes up, we'll be done season two. We also recently posted an interview with Andrea Gabriel, who played Nadia, so you gotta go check that out. You can follow at The Aficionados all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. You can follow Brittany at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Our guest social medias will all be included in the description. If you like what we do here, please consider donating at patreon.com slash theafficionados. It's expensive to run so many podcasts, so if you're a fan, consider donating. Okay, love you, bye!